promoting the fight in Faster Than Light. This is... <laughs> Wait a minute. That's one of the Cosmo Park intros. I got confused because we have guest star Pan here from that very show. So, Hello. sit down with star-studded Starfinders with us on the Emergency Power Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good thing Pan's here, otherwise we might have had to deal with a copyright claim. Yeah, no, because we got him, I can get away with just about anything. So, oh, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> The lawyer said we changed it enough that we can do whatever we want with it now. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh man, they have cool intros like every time, and they change it for their different like they have mini arcs they do and stuff. That's that's what, that's all shy. He, he comes up every time. I would be oh, really? shooting things uh, in space. Um. <laughs> Those are to, like shoot straight, roll high. Is at the end of yeah, the yeah. one. Yeah, so listeners, if you haven't listened to Cosmopunk, go check it out. It's fantastic. I'm on episode, like, 40-something out of 50. Finish this episode first, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't leave now. Um, But (laughs) if you do, I guess come back. Pan won't be there anyway. They're right here on the show. (laughs) If you 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 go listen, they're gone. (laughs) There's just this empty session. Like They're like, oh, Baphomet. (laughs) And then there's just empty dead air. Yep. 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 That's how that Good works. Idea. Yeah. <laughs> Every time you hit play on our podcast, we have to all assemble real quick and start talking. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's really difficult, and I'm so Guys, tired. Gotta stop but... doing that when I'm in the shower. <laughs> my cats are never gonna forgive y'all. Do the robot arms that you made me install in my bedroom have to like have such sharp ends when they poke me? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Absolutely. This deal is getting worse all the time. <laughs> I'm excited for this shopping episode, though, Adam. Yeah. Oh, me too. The entire thing is going to be an hour and a half of just straight shopping. Yes. I have a that's why I'm here. That's, that's it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm so ready for that. God, okay. I wouldn't put solid Baphomet in a shopping center. That would I, be. I guess worst. I could throw a little bit of story in there if you guys want, but like that would probably have be to. good. The story is the discounts. Overrated. Yeah. Yeah. The story of how <laughs> every piece of clothing was made. Yes. Yes. Please. Okay. Yes. You got it. You got it. Um, <laughs> how about this? I'm gonna I'm gonna pitch something. How about we do the literal opposite of that? And <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess. Like, you, uh, give the stream? fans what they want, Adam. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a 0.5 episode. That is the entire shopping montage. Ooh. Oh, a compromise. Okay. Ooh. I like it. I yeah, like now, it. Now you'll have to assemble once more just on an off I I pitch that we all take uh we all take some skills in engineering and then we have an episode where we just do project one way on the ship. <laughs> I am completely into this, darling. Yes. You know, that's not the worst idea I've ever heard. That right there is content. Wait, do I'm I get to dress Scriff? Ooh. Oh. <laughs> are, are you, uh, do you have, like, profession tailor or something? Because <laughs> if you did, Scriff has some ideas. We could make you the rockinest onesie. Hot glue, darling. It's really all you need <laughs> oh, no. for a show. Magic you know, for all of us. Richard, little, you're joking. Richard, I know you're joking, <laughs> no. but you're not far off from what I was actually thinking. Bright yellow, like a cheese yeah. onesie. Mm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, a script and a rat <laughs> Oh. I, I can just see in my mind Soul walking in with a hot glue gun in one hand and just a handful of glitter in the other. It's like, I'm going <laughs> to solve this problem. Please, darling, rhinestones. 
Rhinestones. <laughs> Make it work. Scripps, one problem with his armor is that it just doesn't look fashionable. It's just it's, not bedazzled enough. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't have that that marketing appeal to get someone to buy it. It's all substance, no flash. You could write juicy on the back of it in right now. <laughs> Done. Oh my God. Done. Yeah. Oh no. That's the billboard image right there. It's just script with juicy written on. <laughs> but it's so gotta be, time. It's, it's gotta be the back of the armor, like the back, and with script like laying on top of it, like. Oh. I thought you were gonna say like the the back flap of the armor is open. Oh like no. Like the, the copper tone sunscreen. Oh, I mean, if that's oh what you're God. into, I'm not gonna tell you no. Like we're gonna do our new episode is up on Twitter and it's just gonna be Scriff's butt hanging out. <laughs> Holding his finger on his lip. Oh my gosh, so much please no. Rule 34 into existence, but yeah, yeah, yeah. This is space rule 34. Y'all know exactly what I used to do for a living. This is clearly my fault. I actually don't, I'm still using my imagination. I also just kind of hope that Script just shows up on the runway in his like usual power armor with just a tuxedo spray painted on it. <laughs> oh, yes. Amazing. You're I just like going to have to go ideas. back to the Islanti Taylor and get a full power armor suit. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to need to like get a glamour, like a magical enhancement or something for my armor so I can... Yeah, you got to get the glow up it. stone. Yeah, decorate it. Mm -hmm. I love how you went from this is a weapon of death to how can I make it fancy though? <laughs> I gotta make it look Listen, good. Listen, everyone's rolling in with suits right now. You gotta join the party. Yeah. Right? Can't look out of place. Okay, so before this goes any further, let's go ahead and get into this, shall we? Yes! Yeah, I'm ready. As time begins to pass on At Scar's End, parts for the second hand are brought in and the crew gathers some much-needed resources off-screen shopping trip, as well as recuperating and strategizing. However, the longer they wait, the longer their friends and family remain in captivity. So it's a catch-22 of horrific consequence in this chapter of the Tomes of Emergency Power, Volume 3, Chapter 4. Woo! Yeah, nice. Nice. So while parts of the ship are being repaired and replaced, off and on, you guys are gonna have some downtime. You know, you can't be working on the ship 24-7 or whatnot. So I kind of want to know what you guys are doing while you're waiting for this ship to get into a position where it can actually leave the station. Hmm. I just thought engineering characters would do engineering things and we'd be on our way. <laughs> I have engineering and will assist with that. I'm working on the uh, the uh, ridiculously long downtime rules to see what I want to do. Oh boy. No. Oh yeah. Well, um, I'm afraid to... of that list. <laughs> oh no. I do need to touch base with an old friend here before we take off. Okay. So... Well, people are either working on the ship or, you know, just hanging out, taking a nap. You head back into the station. Tell me what you do. Um, I'm going to just flag down one of the uh, jet racks and let them know I need to meet and slide up in a corner, shuffle some cards and wait for my friend Boa to arrive. Okay. So you hang out, maybe a couple people pass and you give them some quick readings, send them on their way. And then 
once you finish up one of those, you hear a, a small scuffle off to the side, and uh, you see a half-orc little girl wearing these tented goggles, kind of striding your direction, looking very nonchalant. Hello, careful card trick. And she's used to this. We do this every time. I never actually do the card trick, but it's our cover. <laughs> I, re- I respect her too much to try to pass her perception with my sleight of hand. <laughs> yeah, she says maybe just a little too loud. Wow, a card trick. Yeah. <sighs> Going to have to work on that. Yes. All right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, go through the go through the motions. Think about this. Think about that. And then I uh, shuffle and then produce one card, which normally I don't actually try to slide of hand it, but this time I do, since this is a farewell, and it is um, not my flashy deck, but purple and gold nonetheless, of um, a woman in a chariot pulled by a black and a white sphinx going opposite directions. And I hand it over to her, and I say, I believe this is your card. And on the back, she would quickly notice there's also a card that has been loaded with only 150 credits, because that's about all I have, but hand that over to her. I trust you won't tell the other kids about this trick. Mm. No, I think I can keep that to myself. Oh, no good. worries. I am sorry to tell you that this is your card. Um, it's not a fun one to have. It symbols a lot of struggle. Um, but the good news is it is eventual victory. There's going to be forces that will try to keep you here, but I would encourage you to expand your horizons. I'm going to reach into my sash and pull out the purple flower and hold it up for her. Wait, is that... Like, she's usually pretty calm, but, like, it breaks a little bit when she sees this flower? Don't let the gods see you with this. Apparently it's contraband, and I don't want you to have to explain how you have it, but I want you to be aware that this place is... Well, it's horrid, but there are planets and worlds and wonders far beyond this. Don't let yourself be stuck here. There are forces that will try to keep you here, but you are powerful and you have value. When you come into that power, come and find me in the stars. And I hand it over. Just kind of stares down at it and says, so I guess, uh, I guess you're leaving with that new crew and, uh, I take it you're not coming back, right? Kind of looks away. Oh, if gods are willing, I will not be coming back, but never know. I will say, there's a new group of troublemakers coming aboard, and don't stick your neck out for them, obviously, but if you see some goblins around, lend them a hand if you could. I've been informed they're not bad people. Well, I mean, if you're leaving, I guess it will be boring otherwise, so I might as well check it out. And I've never seen a goblin before, so I guess that's interesting. Yes, I should <laughs> I should warn you. Sweet summer child. Their leader's name is apparently Uzi Passwound. I, I don't, it's not, but it's she, like, not joking. She tries not to giggle. I know, they, they're not joking. That's to- <laughs> we don't laugh at people's chosen identities. We don't do that. But, um... <laughs> You keep that card, it is mine and it is marked, and I'll know it when you find me. She turns it over in her hands a little bit. Well, I'm gonna try to get out of this place as soon as I can, so sure, I guess um, 
I guess I'll see you out there, maybe. You absolutely will. I have every confidence. She smiles a little, a little uh, toothy, tusky smile, and uh, gives you a nod. And uh, you can tell that, like, she seems like she wants to, like, maybe give you, like, lean in, give you a hug or something, but she just, like, has this wall where she's not going to do it. But, like, you can feel it. But I, uh, I slide over and do the one-armed thing, because... <laughs> Uh, she reaches around and then like realizes what's what she's doing and then like blushes pats you and is like well thank you for the card reading I'm uh, bye and is like <laughs> starts to walk away be safe out there and I swagger back to the ship uh, while you're swaggering and you are heading back that way, you go to put your hands in your pockets and you find that while she was hugging you, she actually slipped something into your pocket. Ooh. I'm going to wait till I'm on the ship to look at it. Okay. Let's go ahead, get some engineering rolls for repairs to this ship. Happily. Um, <laughs> uh, can I aid in that? Absolutely. Yep. All right. So here is my aid. Yes. Roll. And you're getting an inherent plus two for having the space walrus help you out and like cool. the people there. Awesome. I do not aid. <laughs> I rolled a seven. <laughs> I do. Pull the 24. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad that you aided because I got a natural one. Oh. <laughs> but the good oh, news wow. is with a plus four, that's mm -hmm. still a 23. Okay. Imagine part of your natural one is Brandon like walking up and being like, "Oh, I brought you this flathead screwdriver. If it'll be of any use." Um, I, I, yes, maybe. Uh, if I have anything that needs to be screwed, thanks. <laughs> mm. oh, There's not a single one of those screws on the ship. <laughs> oh, Scriff oh. starts fanning himself real quick. Okay. So that's that's going to take some time, but the parts are steadily arriving. And despite Brandon, who keeps like trying to be helpful, but is just getting in the way, he's like, oh, I'll hold that for you for a second there. And then he like drops it and it floats into space. And like, so while some of this is happening, um, the Morlama, AKA Space Walrus, whose name you have since learned is Pardrand, uh, is holding this data pad as they swim through the air towards whoever is the nearest member outside of the ship. Uh, who might that be? Who's who's hanging out around the ship? Uh, 5e is waiting for a delivery, so he's probably out there. I'm out there. Okay. I kind of imagine I'm in like a sun, like floating bed and just kind of <laughs> drinking. A drink out of a straw. I was, I was well. He's <laughs> Typical supervisor. Okay, so they swim through the air, and they're going to head over to 5e, who looks like they're just, like, staring at the airlock, just waiting for that delivery. So he rolls up. I'm uh, going to need someone to uh, sign here for the, the delivery. It has to be a official part of the crew, and he, like quotes with his flippers and kind of looks over at like the trolls and <laughs> all the weird things hanging out here. I will be happy to sign the manifest for you. Great. Thanks. He uh, hands it over to you. Thank you for your assistance, Potter. Yeah, I mean, uh, not many ships have been coming through lately, so this has been at least uh, an interesting distraction and uh, never seen a ship quite like this one, I have to say. It does consistently present me with new challenges. 
I can imagine. I think the back was about to fall off when you came in. Like, just full half. That would be a new experience. Well, um, and he, he gestures to the airlock, and you see some of the uh, station guards pulling this box, which looks about, like, three foot on each side square. Um, I'm not sure how big that is in the metric system, uh, but... <laughs> three foot square on each side is basically a one meter cube. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, essentially. Roughly. Thank you for translating for Pan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got it. <laughs> yeah, we um, we Americans are the ones that don't know both systems. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I know how tall I am in centimeters, and that's about it. And they take this box and bring it into the airlock, and uh, you know Bertrand gives you a little salute, and they kind of head out on their way again. And it's just this box sitting in the back of the ship now. Is that the package that we're supposed to deliver? Yep. You have a ping on your data pad that sends you coordinates, and it is very clearly within the Viscarium system. What planet in the Viscarium system? It's not actually on a planet. It is near a planet. It's near a point in space. Planet? It's near Viscarium. Uh, sorry, Vesk 2. Ooh. I don't know anything about the Viscarium, so... <laughs> I will look it up later. You had me there. <laughs> Ooh, oh, I yeah, that, that was. Oh, that's oh, good that? one, though. That's, oh, that's, that's a fun one. Ooh. Um, so who is the uh, current ship's pilot? That would probably be 5e. Okay. Yeah, 5e. I think um, during this, like, uh, apparently once those coordinates have been known, I think I, uh, Brandon would spend uh, his downtime doing the plan route downtime activity. Okay, tell me about this. All right, so you take extra time to research a viable route, whether across a planet or through the drift. Um, so essentially, we have to spend the day learning about a known settlement or star system in near space, which the Viscarium is in near space, um, and the most common routes used to it. We get a, um, if I'm the pilot, then I would gain a plus four circumstance bonus to my next piloting check to navigate to that system. Okay. Well, I'm gonna have you hold off on that for just a second until we get a decision here, because I need to know if Scriff has RSVP'd yet, and if that is the direction people are going, or if you're going straight to the Muscarium instead. I didn't think that uh, there was any question. I absolutely RSVP'd before I even told anyone that told anyone? I had been contacted. I don't think so. You oh, hinted yeah. at it. Scrift just has that pale look. Yeah, I, on his I hinted face. at it. I didn't give. I didn't. I, I probably like said a little. I th I think uh, this is what two episodes ago. I said a little thing that we've been contacted, and I think I would have attached the message with. Okay. So every, everyone got to hear the message verbatim, uh, and I had already RSVP'd before I even sent that out to everyone. Gotcha. Cool. Okay. So Wonderful. the response via text that you got, it was not an audio one this time, reads, A miracle! Scriff Dovetail rises from the dead, just in time for our meeting. Don't forget to bring your Sunday best. The Dovetails are dying to see you. With a set of coordinates as well. Uh, I have so many feels right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you can absolutely use that roll, or sorry, you can use that downtime action you just did, Brandon, for this. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. So I just essentially just plan a route through the drift to go to um, the uh, to the pack worlds at that point. But at that point... Yeah, where, me... is, where do we have to go for that? Okay, That's so two. this place is not right in the pack worlds it's an adjacent system so it is nearby what you could do is you could jump towards the packed worlds and epsilon station with their star stone and get that extra speed boost and then hang a right just before you get there <laughs> if you uh, take a left at albuquerque so it's it's like it's like in the it's it's outside of the official system but it's it's pretty close yeah, it, it's it's like what Pluto is to our solar system. <laughs> like, it's Time just way out yeah. there. Okay. Mind the Oort cloud. Yeah. We're heading to the Oort cloud. All right. <laughs> okay. Well, was there anything else you guys wanted to do on this station before you depart to head there? I flip it off in the window as we drive away. <laughs> I make Same. sure to exchange all of my credits for UPBs. Okay. Ooh. okay. Someone's got something fancy to do. I can feel it. I've got some work. We're going to have to cue a montage. <laughs> I also was looking at the carouse downtime ability. Apparently, you spend either 100 credits times your level or consume an equivalent value of intoxicants. <laughs> so, <laughs> 600 credits worth of intoxicants. Which oh are like gosh. dirt cheap, like using the Starfinder currency. Time to stock the bar. Good God, that is ridiculous. Amazing. <laughs> okay, so the last thing that needs to be sorted out before you guys go then is who all is coming? Because you guys showed up with a lot of different people on this ship. You guys are obviously leaving Uzi and the ship behind. Mm -hmm. Who else are you bringing along? Should, um, should, should we just ask them, or do you think we should? Man, I guess we can bring Scriff. <laughs> yeah, I'd see. like to go, uh, if it's all right with you guys. <laughs> um, he might be emotionally compromised. He might mm, not do well here. Might not be safe. If you if you don't bring me, I am sneaking aboard, just yeah. so you know. Stow away <laughs> on your own ship. As far as, like, you know, metagaming-wise, like, everyone here is going, obviously. Oh, for uh, sure. As far as NPCs... Personally, I, the only one that I can think ha, that really needs to go is Swarkus. We could bring the trolls. We could, but like we've already kind of filled their bargain. You know, they Gludge has his mate, Glun, Glunge has his mate, and they don't really have a reason to come with us. We yeah, were also probably housing them in the cargo area, and right now that thing needs to be locked down. So for yeah. the good of our mission as well as their own. How, what is oh, the um, like the the quarters situation on this ship? Like, is everyone getting their own room? Are we bunking? Are we like <laughs> crashing in the corner of like the yeah, of the there's bridge? There's not a ton of official bedding here. There's like four beds and then one in the med bay. So you guys might have to do like a bunk bed situation, or you Scriff could find probably a corner. Sleeps right in the engineering room. Yeah, Scriff's got a bedroll under his. Just find a cubby. This I is established. I strung up a hammock near a uh, uh. viewport. I find it quite relaxing to engage in low power mode near the lockers. 
<laughs> I just imagine him go to the lockers, open, get in, close it, and sit there. Uh, so comfortable. Uh, home sweet home. It's the kitchen right there. Para finds a corner and starts pacing in a circle before folding their whole body down as much as they can into a, a smaller cube as they can, like a like a dog trying to sleep somewhere. Odo like, <laughs> making a bunch of turns first, though. I, then yeah, I, yeah. If, walks around. If, if that is the case, then Brandon will go to whatever room is open, even if it is not his, and just crash in an open bed. <laughs> Fair enough. Someone's getting hell. I guess should I, should I roll a D three to see whose quarters I'm stealing? <laughs> <laughs> sure. So let's see here. I guess one for pawns, two for <laughs> two for script, and three for five e. I don't even have a quarters anymore. I just I'm in the engineering room. So whatever quarters belong to five e, Brandon will go up to the door, kind of. N- nudge the name tag off and just <laughs> squatters rights that place for himself. <laughs> you just replaced him. <laughs> what are you in the locker? He's okay. No one will notice. Ooh. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Shots fired. Damn. Do we think... Actually, uh, um, go ahead. No, you go ahead, bro. Yeah, did, uh, do we think Sorkis's people would want to come with him, though? Like, he had... Mm. Ah, at yeah, least a he dozen. Had like six people or so. That no, they're not you guys. Vesk, but they, they just were. In, they just got out of prison though from the Silan. Unless we're giving them time to recover, I don't know that all of them would want. And some of them have families. Yeah, I mean, you could talk to Swarkus and see if he has any insight on that. But could, it sounds like could, you guys are trying to essentially leave everybody else. Here. Personally, I don't want to endanger any more people than we have to. You know, That's this, isn't, true as well, this yeah. isn't their fight. They're all safer here. I would like to talk to Uzi before we leave, though. Absolutely. Uzi is essentially trying to... He's on the comms at the ship all the time right now, trying to talk to his people and organize things as best he can. Not really his wheelhouse, but he's doing it, you know? Hmm. Um, yeah, so power... Um, comes um, up behind them, um, eerily quiet as always, and um, this is so creepy. What chief? <laughs> yeah, he kind of is there, but also <laughs> non-threateningly so. What <laughs> uh, chief? Uzi. Ah, oh jeez! <laughs> Uzi was listening to something, and then Uzi. Are you Uzi Para? Don't know what to call you yet. Have to think about this. Hello. Uh, you may call me whatever you wish, but I come to you, Warchief, with a humble request. Yes. What does it do for you? He puts his hands on his hips and his chin goes up a little bit and he smiles. It seems the crew are preparing for takeoff, but I fear our time together was far too short i would ask a boon if you would be so kind i would ask perhaps a blade i have noticed the uh dog cutters mm. uzi thinks about it for a second and says mm. since you're going into battle with rest of secondhand crew and i guess you was now part secondhand crew since you was born here i Uzi don't know how that work, but... I am a stranger. They need all help they can get, so Uzi going to give you this. 
and he pulls out his very own junk sensor, which is one of those things that priests carry that has a little burning incense. His smells oh, like nice. garbage all the time, but um, he has used it to great effect on both enemies and himself in the past. And <laughs> he holds that out to you. This was a very own special weapon. I do not know what to say, but if it is okay, I would take this with me to aid the crew. He puts his hand out and like isn't tall enough to reach for your shoulder, so just kind of like puts it on your arm and it sinks in a little bit. And he's like, <laughs> um, uh, what you well, can. When, when Tara talks to Uzi, they move their eyes down to their midriff, so they're still, so they're still yeah. at eye level. Oh. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Do all you can to protect them. They have changed Uzi's life in many good ways. They surely change your life too. I am honored. And uh, they reach out for the uh, the sensor, mm -hmm. and it just is absorbed into their hand as everything else is that they ever touch. <laughs> oh God! They don't need a backpack. It just goes. <laughs> Not disturbing but, at all. But does that <laughs> Not destroy the, the scent? Does that neutralize the weapon? Oh, <laughs> oh you might have to relight it. Oh, is it, is it leather? In that case, that's even more interesting. Okay, that's cool. Um, the um, the the uh, the black ooze of their body like pulls down from the from the arm, and in place of like their hand for a moment, it's the sensor, and then it goes back up, and there's a hand there. Oh man, that's so nice. cool. I would keep them safe, watch if. And he bows, which is weird when your eye level is at waist and everything else above you. So kind of the, the chest bows. Oh my god. <laughs> and it bows above your eyes. Yeah, there's like a weird, like, it's, it's a bow from the knees that goes down in an angle. Oh. <laughs> I love them so much. <laughs> <laughs> they have no idea how bodies are supposed to work. This seems fine, right? No. Not fine. <laughs> um, Disturbing. Uzi saw that you are able to do, like, you change how you look to have, like, suit. Uzi think that if you look at Uzi's suit and then copy it, you could probably do even better job. So then you could look like Uzi and Pons. Uh, of course. A brilliant idea for my brilliant war chief. <laughs> it will be an excellent surprise for the crew. It like was it there even if he not there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going to um shift into uh, a much better uh, suit now that he's gone used to doing suits uh, to mimic uh, Uzi suit. It's not okay. Uzi and Ponce's suits. Uh, go ahead, give me a disguise roll then. Okay. Wait, that is twenty-three. Ooh. Okay. This time, the suit looks much better than it did last time. It's because I care this time. <laughs> Before I was just trying stuff out, and now it's like, wow, well, I gotta look like Uzi. Fair enough. Like, you start to make it, and it's like Uzi-sized first, so it's like down around your knees, there's just this suit, <laughs> oh, and then it just stretches out until it's the full body. <laughs> yeah. It's like you with hold the eyes shift. going up, with the rest of it goes up. It's like you hold shift when you like enlarge an image. It's just like, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. And yeah, he bows and heads back to the others. Perfect. Okay, also, so just uh, realizing this now, uh, admiring uh, the artwork for Pons. Pons isn't wearing shoes. 
<laughs> with his amazing suit. It's, a, it's awesome. It, why would yeah. he wear shoes? So those stick feet and I levitate all over the place. He floats everywhere. If you don't walk, no shoes required. Not going to get his exactly. feet dirty. But I just wonder if I've ever thought to... I just assume, you know, you got a, a, a suit together. You got to have a nice pair of shoes, but no. No, no shoes. Uh, his accessory is the boombox. <laughs> Uzi also does not wear shoes. <laughs> Uzi does not wear shoes. Oh, in that case, yeah, Power's not wearing shoes either. Then. <laughs> if Uzi does, it's like four Power toes. Power's solid in the hallway. Goblin yeah. toes. <laughs> like weird, like going four toes. They pass solid in the hallway, and they're like, ah, ah. Oh, do you like pick up dirt like silly putty as you walk then? Oh. Do you leave yeah, clean footprints? I think the less he concentrates, the, the more goopy it is. Yeah, it picks it up, it breaks it down, and then there's a cleaner spot from when they left. Yeah. <laughs> but then the bottom of your feet is just like all just hair and shit. Like, <laughs> it's like so a bit <laughs> Wonderful. Oh. Okay, is, is there anything else you guys want to do before? leaving the station. No, I'm good. Not that's not, not completely good. derailing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good as well. 5e will secure the cargo from the station manager as well as um, a, a box that he has purchased and set aside, which he's bringing out at a later time. Mm. Okay. Ooh. Uh, is okay. there still people in our ship right now, Adam? So you guys have a little bit of conversation with Swarka's Gore and his people have decided that they don't really want to go either off into another battle or even to the Vescarium necessarily. So with like, he's hanging his head a little bit. He tells you that the Gurgatal have actually kind of dissolved now. They're not gonna follow him. They're just gonna stay here and figure out their own thing. So he comes aboard and all of the people who are here just kind of depart. I think we need to have a conversation with Eastman and Victor about okay. them staying. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, before we depart from the station, Scriff will call up everyone, uh, particularly Eastman and Victor, and say, we need to have a conversation about our next steps. Uh, yes, that seems like it would be a wise idea. Looks over at Isben, who's there, but you can tell that she's kind of out of it. She may yeah. still be on some medications that 5e brought. So, you know, Scriff waits for everyone to gather around and says, so, as you know from the message that I sent you, the, I don't even know his real name, the tiefling who I made a deal with and who killed the people associated with U5E, except for perhaps your protectee, has my family hostage and will not release them until I go to meet with them. I don't ask any of you to come with, but I hope that you will because I could really use the help. Uh, Scriff looks over at Eastman and Victor. However, some of you need to recover, and I don't want to put undue strain upon you when you've already done so much. Eastman, Victor, I would feel more comfortable if you would wait here on the station until we can finish this particular objective. I can go with Scriff. 
It is too dangerous. This individual, whoever he is, he has no regard for sentient life. Our battle with him is not yours. Isman says, I can understand where you're coming from on that. Um, and I don't think I would be anything more than a hindrance if I were to go right now. So I understand that. I want to go having seen what this person did, looks over at 5e, to the family you were protecting, but I unfortunately don't think I will be able to help. Um, and Victor also nods. Yes, I'm sure that the goblins could use, um, help uh, <laughs> coming onto this station and dealing with people, which I don't know if they ever have, aside from Uzi and um, his father. So, yes, I, I suppose I could stay and help here. Um, it will be strange. It's not even been that long since we met, but it there's a closeness, a bond here that it will be strange not to see several of you around and looks at the newer people and not getting to meet the two of you very well. I'm sorry, this is but, a, uh, not a visual medium. That's <laughs> Brandon tips his hat. <laughs> <laughs> of course, if you have any thoughts uh, about the other matters that we share in common, uh, such as the issues going on with the drift, uh, as I'm sure that yes. we've relayed that information uh, that we got from Dr. Kotomo. Yeah, Komoto. Right? Komoto. I just want to fix that in my notes. The, I'm sure we've relayed the information that we received from Dr. Komoto. If you think of anything, Victor, uh, I encourage you to reach out to us, do some research. The Infosphere is uh, at your fingertips. You can yes. learn a lot about Triune, things that you may have forgotten. I have heard about this. Um, it is overwhelming, but it is an incredible source of information that I intend to look at thoroughly. So you will have a way to contact us if you need to. Yes. Or if um, you think of anything that might be useful. Absolutely. Um, well, I, I guess I should just say, um, in case something happens or whatnot. Um, Nothing will happen. It's fine. You don't have to say it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he just sits down. <laughs> I don't say that. Who's a, a popsicle? Shut up. Uh, <laughs> I put um, my finger on his lips. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. So it leans in. Nothing needs to be said. <laughs> uh, I was just saying I have to leave now. And just <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, um, I wanted to say that thank you for bringing me not only out of that church and that dilapidated city, but out of a system trapped in nothingness so that I can experience the galaxy. It is not something I think I could actually put in words, this gratitude. So thank you all. Of course. 
And with that, I think I'm ready. Everybody else? Yeah. Oh, we're good. Yeah, I'm ready to set off. Mm. I um, hand Victor a, a list of websites to get started and let's get oh, out of no. here. <laughs> do not tell us what websites are on there. <laughs> do, yeah, more importantly, do you give Victor a list of websites not to visit? Ooh. There's some really big... That's, that's, that's not going to help anybody. There's some really big brains on a couple of these. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So let's get a piloting check, please. Five, you could say solid sixteen piloting, getting off the station. Can I? Is it? Is that possible to aid on that as like a co-pilot? Yeah. All you right. can totally aid on that. Brandon uh, comes over and like uh, uh, soulfully rubs uh, his fingers over the console. And go, mm, a whole new toy to play with. I cannot wait to get my hands all up in this. <laughs> And rolls a piloting check. Uh, Everything sounds so saucy from him. <laughs> I would that's venture to say that's intentional. Yes, <laughs> okay, that is definitely you intentional. Definitely, you assist. Five E looks over and says, "I would advise you to exercise restraint until we've learned the peculiarities of this." And then Brandon gets a nitrous. Hard turn, we end up like scoot, um, skirting really close to another transport, but it shaves some time off of our exit vector. <laughs> Got a little laugh on the edge, honey. Fivey looks back and says, On the other hand, you do appear to have demonstrable skill in piloting. Perhaps you will be useful. Gives a wink. Oh, I can. I, I would love to show you how useful I could be. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is the desired goal of the you. I thought that was clear. <laughs> so you guys pull out of the station, just narrowly missing this other ship. And then you're pulling away and you see that the Explodernator is out of the drift and it is slowly moving towards the station. So just as you guys leave, they're starting to come in. <laughs> We're playing a game of chicken over here. I Am imagine the Explodernator like shooting off all of its weapons as, <laughs> as like celebratory fireworks as they approach. That would be the exact wrong thing. <laughs> I didn't say it was the smart thing. I said it's what I imagine they do. Yeah. The goblins are invading. Scars <laughs> 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 and blows them out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so you give them a little wave, they give you a little wave as you fall away from the station. I'm just imagining goblins plastered across port windows <laughs> on one side of the ship. <laughs> yeah, you're not sure Lovely. if when they came out of the drift there are already goblins working on stuff on the outside or not, but you just like kind of turn your head and just don't even think about it. I don't think this goblin uh, generational ship even has like a loading hatch or anything. All of the I, all the portholes just open up and goblins start pouring out of all of the holes in this ship. Amazing. <laughs> kind of cute, right? Okay, so great. as you guys get away from the station and it starts getting smaller behind you, you get to a distance in which you can hit your drift drive. So, 5e, you pull up the coordinates that you are given and plug them into the computer 
And as you do, uh -oh. like a key turning in a lock, another seal of your memory bursts open wide. <gasps> a small moon, a glass dome, a lavish castle fashioned after Eoxian royalty. A large painted Ooh. portrait with three figures hanging above a master bed. Within the frame is an android male, the husband, Lacinth Kerdan. A human woman, the wife, Olivier Kerdan. A young Anasinoi, the child, Myrani Kerdan. Smiles and clear joy, a happy family. Cracks in the paint begin to form, crawling through the figures. The edges of the picture begin to blacken by heat. The painting burns towards the center as Lysynth and Olivier's faces are consumed, their mouths still beaming, until all that's left is the face of the child staring out through these three pitch black eyes. As you return to your senses with a start. Oh my god. So, as you look down at these coordinates, you can tell that not only have you been to these coordinates before, but this is the home of the people that you were serving. Oh, oh my god. It's all connected, man. Adam, oh. you're a monster. So the coordinates <laughs> actually go to their house? Correct. Wow. Holy crap. And this is where I was living with this family, serving as a, a teacher and caretaker. Mm-hmm. Wow. Hmm. This dude's got chutzpah. <laughs> just like, this is my house now. Chutzpah. Um, I will immediately alert Scriff. Um, these coordinates, I know them. Really? It is where I served. Interesting. Kind of brazen, don't you think? I wonder if he is simply arranging the rendezvous there to throw us off psychologically, or if he is taking it for his new headquarters. That's uh interesting theory. Do you rem have you recalled anything else about this location that may give us a tactical advantage? The layout is a little vague, but you do remember that it is on some sort of small moon and the castle is in a clear plastidome of some sort. Whatever viral intrusion erased my tactical modules also removed my knowledge of the layout of the structure, I'm afraid. All right. We'll know when we get there. Are you going to be all right? I will be fine. This is my purpose. Your purpose and mine have become aligned. I require your assistance with the project in the meantime. Of course. Uh, and anyone else here who needs uh, assistance with anything, uh, if you need anything built or crafted or modified, come see me. I'll be in my shop. I can make it happen while we travel through the drift. Sounds good. Much appreciated this, Griff. So Fifey's going to head to the cargo bay and pull out his uh, package that he stowed away. <clears throat> he takes it to the lab. And opens it's big. Yeah, it's it's about <laughs> probably uh, maybe a half of a meter cubic. Hmm. Uh, 
he takes it to the lab, pulls it out of a wooden crate, and it's a massive metal ingot. Ooh. Just like one big metal ingot. <laughs> Behold, this... I brought an I-beam, and he sets it down. <laughs> so, this so... is 500 kilograms of a marodium steel alloy. The original Asoki patent states that it must be heated to precisely 231 degrees and applied with a non-flammable, non-conducting applicator. Of course, my chassis can withstand greater temperatures than a microfiber weave such as those used in typical reflective suits. We can do it higher temperatures for applicative ease. Ah, this is uh, some pretty good quality material. It should be. The Azoki designed it. Well, of course. But <laughs> what exactly do you want it to be made into? I want you to paint it onto me. All right, let's get started. <laughs> oh, nice. So we're oh, nice. Man. We're getting a makeover. I'm going to pretty much create a makeshift forge by redirecting heat from our engines. <laughs> oh, that's so, stuff hot that's enough so metal painted on me. Scriff is going to uh, reach out to the rest of the crew, if this is okay with you, 5e, uh, to get design help. Scriff Scriff doesn't have much design sense. I'm okay. certainly rather skilled at that. I would if like to say. If anyone wants to come and uh, we're going to be we're going to be painting some moroidium onto uh, 5e's chassis. I can do it in a technical sense, but uh, I'd like to make it look good uh, if anyone wants to help me design it. Additionally, if anyone has the ability to convey heat resistance to other people who are painting, that would probably be useful. I would like to assist. I have never seen painting. I'm happy to help. I've spent quite a bit of time painting things. All right, so so what is what does this end up looking like? I bet we can put jetpacks on it. Oh, Smokus, I forgot you were here. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. a good idea. I have considered that upgrade, but I do not currently possess enough credits to implement it. Mm. Smokus nods and is a little sad. Oh, jetpacks make everything better. All right, so yes, Scriff, you know, throws this ingot into uh, a uh, makeshift forge that's like taking the he extra heat from the engine and just like concentrating it under this single point in a uh i don't know what they're called the um for for like what's the name of there's a special term for the the bowl that you use to like melt metal but oh, the, the bowl you yeah, use to melt metal is not a technical yeah, term the, the smelting bowl <laughs> <laughs> i want to say crucible but i'm not sure Cruci that's right yes crucible. It's the crucible. Yeah, yeah, there you go right. good job richard uh scriff crafts a little crucible that uh, takes heat, the excess heat from the engine, and uh, is using that to melt this massive ingot down, uh, and then dons so cool. his power armor so that he has the uh, environmental protections, <laughs> and like just picks up this entire thing and pours it into a mold that like will allow it to just kind of be plated onto. 5e's chassis i uh are we sure are you sure we're not getting like a a hot scene of script like topless i was gonna say <laughs> like, i was gonna say like brandon found whatever like bag of chips was on the ship and like he's eating it and he kind of leans over to soul and says uh it is definitely getting hot in here and i don't mean this makeshift forge <laughs> quite impressive is it not yeah, life life bubble protects you from gases uh temperatures and anything like that so if that's necessary oh, nice. i'll stand around for that Perfect. Nice. Yeah, All right, yeah. Great. 
Yeah, because then everyone can take turns painting this alloy onto the five-finger painting. Oh, you know what would be great is if the life bubble was on 5e, you just put him in the mold and pour it on him and then yes. shake it around oh. him. Yes. Ooh, that's good. That is the... That is amazing. That is the best application yeah, of life that bubble is ever. That is so brilliant. Yeah. We, we all paint on 5e in like the negative of where it's going to go and it's like a protective coating where mm -hmm. yes. it's like metal will just not stick to those spots and then we just dunk 5e into a metal bath. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, it's literally Plasti Dip. That's amazing. <laughs> Wait, who wrote Juicy on the back of him? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's my thing. <laughs> it was Para. <laughs> my unit is not supposed to be marked with graffiti. <laughs> How do they even know the context of that? Right. Learning so quickly. So impressed. All my hard work is already paying off. I saw a poster outside. It seemed cool. I don't understand. It was brilliant. It was beautifully done, my dear. The people in the picture were very happy. It's just an amazing, <laughs> badass scene of 5e getting out of this, like, forge, just, like, dripping with, like, just molten goo, just, like, stomping, and then, like, the camera pans to the back, and it just says, juicy. eyes <laughs> a little hard. I, I absolutely am not doing that, by the way. I don't know what to do. Yeah, 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 this is all moment. <laughs> it's on the back, so the five e can't see it. <laughs> it can, it can it's, a, it's another language. It looks cool because it's another language. <laughs> it means oh, peace. have the kanji translated before you get the tattoo. Yeah. I love it. Ariana Grande over here. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my gosh. Okay, um... I award everyone one, like, together, a communal popsicle. <laughs> Excellent. Hey. It's my first popsicle. <laughs> yeah, mine too. All right, one of you can hold it then. Yeah, let, let one of the newbies be the keeper of the new popsicle. Go on. You can hold the popsicle. No. I was going to say we should all wishbone it and see who gets the bigger piece. <laughs> I technically came into the game with a popsicle because I made a Ponzi scheme joke. <laughs> oh. That's right. Fair. Thank you all for your assistance. This should make me much more efficient in combat now. Now that that's done, I could use your help with something. Oh, snap. What are you installing? Uh, just a few things that I've been working on during the trip. And uh, Scriff pulls out these two augmentations. One of them looks kind of like uh, this cybernetic set of lungs. And another one is just like this small, it kind of looks like a CPU chip. So this one needs to go into my lungs. That's the one that's really hard. I think I can get this other one installed myself, uh, but it does need to go pretty far back into my throat. <laughs> Sorkus pops his knuckles. I can help with that. Brandon, no, not you. like, chewing intensifies, as script says, puts it very far back into my throat. Souls start stealing chips. Am I understanding correctly that you want this installed into your lungs, like a separate breathing apparatus? Oh, uh, actually, it's going to replace my lungs. Oh, my God. But, it yes, seems. mostly, it's uh, pretty much correct. Huh. Well, you guys do have a brain surgeon on board. You could have help from them. Yeah, I got really good medical yeah. medicine. <laughs> Why do you say yeah. like that? Uh, so <laughs> one of one of these is a one of these is a cybernetic, and one of these is a Magitech item. Mm. Uh, so yeah, some mysticism would be 
helpful. Have I mentioned how much I love Starfinder? What's Ponds rocking on medicine these days? Medicine? I believe... Let me just see. It's a plus 12. Alright, I've got a 14. Okay, I could assist. Um, I can also yeah, assist. Yeah, I have a yeah. 7 in medicine. I mean... I don't. I know Adam likes to make us roll, but then, technically this doesn't require any rolls. It's more fun. True. <laughs> Brandon can take. Around. You can also. You can also take ten, on any roll that we're not in danger. <laughs> just replacing your lungs. Right. Yeah. Just replacing the lungs. Drift. Not a big deal. Dude, we do that all, all right. the time on the shoulder bones tracks. connected to the thigh bone. But yeah. So uh, <laughs> what what this is, uh, the the lungs are a respiration compounder which lets me treat my constitution score as though it were doubled for the purposes of holding my breath and Ooh. if I uh, if I still need to hold my breath and I have to start making constitution checks I get a plus four to those and it also gets me a plus two uh, for any saving throws against inhaled poisons or toxins oh nice man if you had had this, like, I don't know, before you went to, say, a water world where there was also a monster that had, like, acid all over the place or something, that might have been helpful. So handy. So handy. This feels a little reactive. Uh, so the other thing that I got is uh, the, this is a technopathy node that goes what? into my throat. What? So it, it is a small node with arcane symbols that allows me to telepathically communicate with technological creatures and nearby oh. computers. <laughs> so I can now oh, I can now telepathically communicate with 5e. Uh, and I also with and it's got a range of 100 feet that they can reply. So it's like doing telepathic message. Uh, and then I can nice. also That's really on, handy for on any computer right. that I can observe, I can make a message display on a screen. Ooh, that's fun. So that someone can see it uh, and uh, read uh, it uh, without uh, leaving. Uh, and leave, <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't leave any trace of the message's origin. Oh, wow. God. Is this becoming a horror campaign? Only for me, because I'm going to have to deal with this. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, so uh, get on the table, I guess. <laughs> All right. Pull what tools I have. Be careful. I can help some do mysticism. Them? Oh, that, that would be appreciated. Do you want to do them both at the same time, or just ripping your yeah, chest just, open first? Just throw out some rolls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, while you're in there, you might as well do both. All right. I believe uh, should anesthetize him first. That would be preferred. Brandon pulls out a hammer. <laughs> I got it covered. <laughs> Sorry, the, the traditional thing for this type of operation is a hacksaw. It is. Uh, that's true. what I was going to I was talking more for the anesthesia. Maybe too crude. <laughs> uh, I'll do both. If Ivy, do you want to uh, lead on the medicine first? All right. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take ten on it if I can and get a, a twenty four and then let y'all pile on for eight another. So as long All as right. one of you pops a good roll, I will aid right here. I hope to aid. It's a 19. Uh, natural 20. Nice. Nice, nice. Phew. Okay, uh, very good. I am very, very well, uh, very well acquainted with the insides of a Yasoki. <laughs> if I could have the mysticism check, please. <laughs> Coming through. Uh, 
I do not like the way Brandon phrases anything. That's <laughs> <laughs> a, I think a 19 on the dice. So it's a 33 total. Nice. Yikes. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, good. that's a tw- uh, 12 total to assist. So that's that enough. assists. All you need is 10. Okay. Okay. Spons kind of grabs him like, get in there. Ah. <laughs> I jam it down Scrap's throat. <laughs> Just force it in a little bit. So like leans over and has their like moat glow more to just add some light. Oh, nice. Oh, that's awesome. And then uh, Pawns, you look down and you're like, oh man, I need a screwdriver for this. And then you look over and like, oh, and pull it out of uh, Scriff's pocket. Scriff's pocket, yeah. And then that brought earlier. Uh, There we go. Uses it to just push it in a little further. I never thought about it, but I guess the the presence of mysticism alongside like high tech medical technology means that you, you could drastically reduce recovery times from invasive surgical procedures. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Infections yeah. would be much Probably, less of a problem. You might not even need to make a physical incision. You could just like open this like tiny portal, put the thing in, <laughs> oh, and snap. then close the portal. Oh yeah. Wow. <laughs> Starfinder. Okay. Starfinder. Um, let me get from 5e as you guys are passing now through the drift. Um, give me a 2d6 plus three, please. Oh, is this the number of days? Yeah, this is the number of days. Roll low. 11. 11. Okay. Man, the drift is really wonky right now if going to Pact Worlds takes 3d6 plus 3. 2d6 plus 3. Well, that's near space, right? Yeah, so it is like the, according to what you've heard, it's taking everyone twice as long to Ah, go to places. Huh. So yeah, you guys have plenty of time to smelt metal onto 5e and do an operation on Scriff. <laughs> Is there anything else in flight that needs to happen? How many days was it? 11 days, if that's the roll. Once Scriff has recovered, I might ask a favor. Sure. Yeah, that's in like 20 minutes since we have healing spells. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All scars are just gone. So impressive. <laughs> Furry chest is back. <laughs> like gets gets back up and is like, ah, oh yeah, I can like, I can really breathe now. That, f- that feels pretty good. Uh, and then we'll shoot like a message to Five E telepathically. Testing, testing. Is this thing working? You're hearing this horrible hum in the background. It's too close to something else. <laughs> <laughs> Your broadcasting may require a little bit of fine tuning, but I am receiving you. All right, I'll uh, I'll try and adjust it. Like taps. <laughs> you just touch your neck several times. Put some tinfoil around your neck. Am I doing? It's really hard to get these dials from inside my neck. Do you Ow. have a Faraday Ow. bag? Starts <laughs> wrap. I'll see if I can find one. If just you want some privacy, right you just wrap head. foil around your neck. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it works. Yeah. Great. Hans will pass around the rest of the uh, Aoxian bone cigarettes that I've just been hanging on to for a while. Doctor, 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 doctor. doctor, doctor. <laughs> There's nothing better to do. I do not understand the purpose of this custom. All right, well, if anyone else needs me, uh, I've got some other projects, but oh. I'm happy to work on yours as well. 
I have a small thing, if you don't sure. mind. And Sol deliberately looks to see if Brandon's still in the room. Oh, I'm oh, I'm always uh, right around the corner. <laughs> so he does the Scooby Doo thing where he's always looking around yeah. from around doorways. Oh my God. <laughs> and he accused me of following him. So I have this armor, <laughs> lovely stuff. You can't see it when it's not active, and I can activate it just by touching it. And I have this. Looks back at Brandon. I have this force field thing that I have to manually switch on and off. And it seems like it should be easy to just connect the two. Is there any way you could, uh, to activate the armor, the force field turns on as well? So I don't like to go around zapping random people who might bump into me, unlike some people. Hmm. Possibly. Uh, let's take a look. Yeah, go ahead and give me an uh, engineering roll for that. Okay. 32. Hmm. You don't even know what these things are with a 32. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. All you need to do is take like a cable from point A to point B and just plug it in. <laughs> okay, we so, don't need to like buy uh, a thing to. No, like as as far as I can tell, that's like what a, a move action to activate that or something along those lines. Um, I'm yeah. totally okay with like I'm about to go into combat. Boom, shield and armor turn on. I'm totally fine with that. Okay. Um, I do have something in a mechanical sense if you want it. But I need to I need to build my replacement first. Uh, but well, you know what? We're we're in the drift. Yeah. And Scriff will like disassemble the voice command module from his armor and this with this you can activate it with a voice command. Is that Ooh. would that work for you? That is bloody brilliant. I've nothing to pay you back, except... Ah, don't worry about it. I'll give you a card reading. That sounds fun. And they produce very quickly a card set that is in black and white, which is very strange for them. And they dovetail, you said. That's right. I prefer to do three card readings, but I believe I have yours in two. And they... Ooh produce two cards. The first one, and I'll hold it up for everyone to see, but I'll describe it for the audience. It is um, a card that is black hatching at the bottom with four cups across, uh, four cups lined up and a rat standing across the top. The hatching <laughs> fades away to a pure white sky above with a black crescent moon, which looks just a little too much like the black crescent moon that Sol has tattooed on their forehead. Hmm. Four of Cups. This is your past. Most people would look at this and see opportunity, wealth, support, comfort. But not you. You were dissatisfied. Always searching. One might even say a touch greedy. It's taken you away from the things that are important. You were always looking to the future when the moon says you should look to the past. Find what's important to you, and name it. And then they hold up another card, which is, again, hashed black at the bottom, with dozens, hundreds of black wings. Crows, ravens, bats, you can't tell. Flapping towards the top, where the hatching fades to white, where a dove hovers near the top, wings and tail spread wide. Far above, the dark shapes which can't quite reach it. 
This is the Judgment Card. It's a scary term, I know, but not necessarily for you. Judgment conjures fear and guilt for most people, but you should be concerned with another aspect of this card. Forgiveness. Not of others, but of yourself. Now is the time to spread your wings and fly. Seek your personal freedoms. Let pettiness and fear fall behind you. Spread your wings, Script of Tail, and be reborn. What relief that will be. Wow. By the way, for any tarot nerds listening to this, Kay just pulled those from the Wild Unknown tarot, and that's a beautiful deck. It I is. Those are some cool cards. It is also, literally, there is one card in this deck with a rat and one card in this deck with a dove. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> nice choice. Yeah. So good. Oh, wow. That was insightful. I'm going to have to think on this. Thank you so much. My pleasure. May I ask... One, it might be personal. You can tell me to sort off whenever I know how I can be. Sure. You made a deal with someone and you don't know their name and now others are in trouble? Yeah, I guess I should explain. I mean, you don't have to, but curious. No, no, if you're, if you're coming along to help, you deserve to know. When I was younger, I worked at a... Uh, big corporation on Abalon building armor I was in the R&D department and they ended up letting me go because I could never finish my projects they always they always ended up getting dropped during the uh, design phase I decided I'd go out on my own and build the armor that I had imagined and and sell it myself but the money ran out and no lenders would loan me money to continue my project until this man came along he promised me the funding that I needed in exchange he wanted the prototype for himself mm. but with the promise that I would have to pay it back from the profits of my first sales well, before I finished, my work was stolen, my lab was ransacked, but he didn't care about that. He still wanted his money. I didn't know what to do. So I took the last thousand credits I had and tried to do a bit more dangerous work. I was going to do some uh, freelance mercenary work I figured it would also be a good way to test out my armor then all of this happened so I haven't really had a chance to seek to seek him out again but evidently I waited too long well I'll spare your lecture about your business since darling I'm sure you've learned that lesson all I want now is to get my family safe my sisters and brothers normally I charge quite a bit for my bodyguarding services, but I'm bored, and you're taking me somewhere I've not been before. I think it would be fun. I appreciate it greatly. And thank you for the upgrades, darling. Of course, I hope it serves you well. So, are we teaching him a lesson, or are we killing him? Are you aware of what happened with 5e and this man? 
because I'm not the only one with the past with him. Oh. Group effort, then. Brilliant. Follow your lead. Suffice it to say, there's no way around this where he lives. And so do we. One of us is going to have to die. Well, let's make sure it's not you then, darling. I'm rather fond of you already. Likewise. Taki. Nice. (laughs) Alright, so... A few days pass as you guys are in the drift. And I'll ask one more time, is there anything else that people want to do during this time? Scripps going to spend some time crafting some additional things, but sure. uh, they'll uh, when they emerge when we get out of the drift and Scripps emerges, they, it's stuff for his armor, so he doesn't need any additional sure. help with it. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. Soul's going to spend a good bit of time just at viewports, leaning against it, and kind of you see them kind of muttering to themselves, but looking relieved and happy. It really looks like they can breathe for the first time since you've met them. And you didn't even need new lungs to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think from um, oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, if you have something, do it. I was just say I think um, Paul spent a lot of time, um, also like do some self-reflection, uh, going through different uh, different shapes, different looks, almost as they're trying to remember themselves. Mm. It's like trying on a lot of clothes and being like, mm. what, what was my what was my look? What was my style? And they're not clothes, but like, you know, the types, bodies, mm-hmm. their head is bigger, their arms are getting bigger, <laughs> the strength they change. They need to know who they are and how best they can um, serve uh, the crew. Okay. I think uh, one last little thing. Um, uh, now that we have the time to actually do it, Brandon's going to try to work on his dad bot a little bit. Um, and he's going to do it's the workout. It's just workouts. not dad enough. It's just not dad enough. He's just going to eat yeah, the workout. Yeah, he's hit a bunch of blood heavies. <laughs> blood heavy. <laughs> no, but he's going to do the um, he's going to do the workout downtime uh, activity, uh, and he's going to spend seven days of those like just be- uh, betweening uh, alternating intense training and mindful rest. Um, so at the end of seven days, I attempt a fortitude save. And yeah, if I'm success, then if I get a success, then I can re-roll a, an athletics check to climb, swim, or jump. Cool. Mm. On the, oh, nice. for the following week. Oh, very cool. That's okay. Yeah, go ahead and roll that thing. So I will make a fortitude save. The DC is equal to ten plus half my character level. Um, so thir- DC thirteen fort save. Uh, here we go. Come on. <laughs> 16! All right. (laughs) So, like, uh, he comes out after seven days, and, you know, like, he's feeling really good about himself, but literally nothing has changed about his appearance. So, like, he just comes out at the end of the seven days, like, right before we land, and just, like, I can give you a few pointers. Like, just, like, looking over at uh, pawns or something. (laughs) Three beers, three (laughs) push-ups. Meanwhile, Soul is on a balance beam doing tree pose. (laughs) All right, Pond's doing anything during this time? No, I, I, I don't think Pond's really has a whole lot on his mind other than probably missing Uzi after a few days Aww. in. Aww. That's about it. Fair enough. Well then, you sail through this alternate dimension, a vastly unknown place. Anything and everything could be here. But sometimes... What's important 
isn't what you find. It's what finds you. Everyone give me a will save. Oh no, what? And you hear Swarkus Gore thud to the ground as they fall face first. Oh no. Oh no. I'm gonna fall too, guys. Oh no. <laughs> I got an eight. <laughs> 22 for the robot. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I took an alternate feat for, uh, um, well, for pawns, and I could have given everyone like a plus two or something for this. I don't think I have that ability. That was a 25. 25, okay. Nat- yep. Natural 24, 25. Okay. I got a 10. Nice. And then I got a 15. Okay. Let's see. So, Jeff, what was yours again? Eight. Eight. <laughs> okay. Brandon and Scriff, you fall down face first onto the ground. Oh, great. And the rest of you who are still conscious, you hear something in your mind. Ah, there you are. I've been looking for you. How long were you planning on making me wait? Uh, Hello? Do I know you? Huh. I'm impressed some of you can communicate with me, but you are not the ones I am trying to connect with, mortal wings. Sorry, Sorry. wrong number. Else hear that? Yeah, <laughs> there's something in my head, I think. Uh, usually I... that's, like, controlled, but can't get it out. Can we respond to this entity? You can certainly try. Para, you have the strange feeling that it's you they're trying to talk to. Yeah, Para um, is experiencing like a weird feedback loop. <laughs> uh, and they're like, their eyes are darting around at the others as they talk. And uh, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure how he, how he reacts um, other than being confused and yet feeling excited, I guess. Okay. Does anyone else say anything? So, like, those two people tried to say something, and this voice, whatever it was, is like, I'm not talking to you, essentially. Are you talking to me? Of course. I felt the time disruption. I felt you draw upon my powers. It seems your strength is growing. Good. Do you... Wait, you know you know me? Of course. I am you. I can tell that you remember precious little. You're going to need to know yourself and know me. And while you are in the drift, you will learn. I understand. I do not understand. <laughs> <laughs> I think Paul is like is looking at the. I think as this this um, sensation is going on, that same weird spike is running along their arm, and they're just watching it. Oh, is this? So Doctor Komoto mentioned that there was like a mass of, or no, 
this was the previous uh so so para's last vision mentioned a blast of mass of blackened matter moving mm. drifting through the void mm. yeah is that this i'm i'm best i'm betting that that is this <laughs> so like he, he would be like a part of that and it broke off yeah yeah from it yeah, that's why i'm that's why i'm getting this deep space nine odo yes interesting oh yeah you have done well to free us from that prison oh dear whoops <laughs> that was us our bad yay <laughs> no my my friends this is this is good you you helped me that uh, uh, I would I wouldn't do anything I <sighs> Uh, I think part of looks they look down they're they're confused and yet you know they're not alone something's out there for them so it's a weird feeling Hara forgive me if this is I know I don't like when people ask this question to me but I'm not going to ask what are you but do you think you might be a little piece of a god <laughs> <laughs> I think we are all little pieces of god Well you're not wrong there I came into this world not knowing and now I know something at least as this thought goes through your head you begin to feel heavy not something you've really ever experienced before because you're just kind of this blob thing but you realize then that it is a mental heaviness. You realize you're becoming exhausted by whatever's happening here. And at this point, Para, you go unconscious and fall to the ground. Yeah, um, Para pa just kind of like loses viscosity and like slumps. Oh, oh no. <laughs> oh, uh. As for all of you, I extend my thanks for your assistance and offer this boon particles of time from para's body rise these two tendrils that just kind of grow up from that clump and then about two feet in the air they stop and the matter falls away and there are these two floating Shards that look like they're mirrors that just hang in the air. And as you feel this presence withdraw from your mind, all of you fall unconscious. And then you wake up and find the second hand back within the mortal plane. And those two mirrored objects are still floating there silently. Ugh, creepy. That was rather unpleasant. You all right, Para? Uh... Can I go grab them? Uh, I am, I am, I am sorry, I... I must have... Uh, blanked out for a moment. I think we all Is did. everyone all right? Nobody is hurt. What are those? Pons has already started grabbing them. <laughs> I just, oh, God. Just like, I just want to touch them. No, wait. Oh, you are the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
Perhaps they bear some analyzation before we make physical contact with these things. Oh, yes, let's see. I think Brandon's still passed out on the uh, ground. Like, with his, like, face, <laughs> like, 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 literally, like, face down, like, you know, ass up. <laughs> just, like, just I'm surprised a fainting couch didn't materialize right. on the <laughs> I'm glad that Masters has fallen asleep here. I have tired of finding his bedroll right outside my charging station. <laughs> I imagine, like, it's like the, that scene in uh, The Fresh Prince where Uncle Phil throws out jazz all the time. <laughs> Every time 5E catches him in his room. <laughs> nice. No, I just kicked the bedroll to one side and jack into the power coupling. <laughs> Does Para know that those things came from from them? Yeah. Soul's gonna rush over and be like, Para, you you that thing, tentacles, you 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 became a are you, are you alright, darling? I am fine. I do not remember tentacles, but these things are of myself. Yeah, they kinda spat out of you. Like just You'll make time. Interesting. I'll throw a detect magic out there. Um, absolutely so much magic. If I poke it, does it move at all? Yeah, it just gently moves away a little bit and then stops moving. Okay. Um, I'm just gonna push it towards ponds. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, well, they're definitely magical. Very magical, yes. I just, does anyone else want to try something before I grab them? I take Since a large you... step back. <laughs> Since you know oh. they're magical, you could try rolling some mysticism or something on them. Yeah, I'll do that as well. Oh, help. That's only a 17, Adam. 25. 13. Oh, I don't think the age is more. You got 25. <laughs> okay. I think you're okay. <laughs> I'm going to say God. communally, you guys can discuss it a little bit. Um, so... You guys have never seen anything like this, but as you poke it and try to figure out what's going on with this, here's what these are. You can feel the time distortion coming off this thing, and the air looks wobbly in front of you around these things. And what you're gathering from it is you have two of these fragments, which will allow you the opportunity to change your fate. If you press this fragment into your body, you can choose one re one roll to make an automatic 20. Hmm. Ooh, it's like a super oh. popsicle. Yeah. Eldritch popsicle. <laughs> the Eldritch <laughs> popsicle? Oh, there's only two of them. Oh my gosh. We got six people they're, here. They're part of Para's body, right? So... I am happy to give of myself to you. 5e, you have gone through a considerable ordeal with this new frame. I think that you should have one of these. I will gladly accept it. I'm sure Brandon's uh, just itching to have a piece of you inside of him. Mm -hmm. I am uh, concerned uh, about the quality of an extra-dimensional entity it having a vested interest in one of us, though. It is a dangerous and unaccountable variable. Hmm. It's not exactly comforting. Like, why do we think it was in prison? Just because you're in prison doesn't mean you're bad. And even if it was bad, if even if you're a piece of something, which your origin doesn't make you bad, but it's a bit disturbing. 
This this would be the being, Adam, that came through the rings on that planet. I, am I getting my lore correct? It's very likely. Yeah, and I was actually the one who saw that vision firsthand through the telepathy. Which vision? The, the being that came through the rings, or uh, yeah, because they they showed that visually, correct? It wasn't. Yes, they showed actually, you visually. I I have telepathy. Could I share that with the group, maybe? And I would work out like the memory of not that not everything that um, Pons knows, but like I remember appearing, um, trying to um, make contact, and then being attacked. And yeah, yeah. Pons has there. Pons has mind link, so you can yeah. literally send those images. Yeah, we can do like a coupling then. I'll send to you, you send to me else. Okay. Yeah, I can just download them to people. Um, uh, friend Pons, this will not hurt. I put my hand on the stereo. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wait, just don't hit that, that button. And okay. then ooze into the stereo. Oh no! Oh no! And, and, <laughs> and pass on memory. Pons to disseminate. Ugh. Well, it's been a while since someone's done that back. Ooh. <laughs> this kind of makes you shiver. Yeah, so you guys share the memory of Para, which is, you know, you kind of have some of this information, and Olron shared a little bit with you, but it fills in the picture a bit more. You know, you can see the creature come in and almost from a first-person view rip off Para, and then a shape off in the distance as Para's carried away. It's a very strange sensation, just this being underwater and this whole situation. And Para, as you see yourself pulling away from that, the shape of the creature that you were cut off from is actually very similar to the shape that you're taking right now. This humanoid-esque, ooze-like shape. So it may be that you just kind of naturally moved into a similar shape to what you couldn't remember. Hmm. Hmm. I think um, with that memory swimming, um, power, yeah, they, they solidify a bit more into this this shape. Their body seems a little bit more formed. Their um, their head seems it's a little it's like a flat oval. Um, the eyes are still there, but they uh, they seem more. Before they were just kind of like green, like painted on eyes almost, just flat green surfaces. Now they seem more alive. Hmm. Uh, do we want to leave the other shard uh, in someone's storage? Until we think it's needed. I'm okay with anyone else having it. I can I also... believe uh, Scriff would uh, make a excellent ward. Oh my god, the ward of time. Uh, <laughs> time. I'm, I'm on a... Scriff and 5e, time wards. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's going to turn out great. He just had new lungs shoved down his throat. Why not this too? <laughs> yeah, they've both just been through. They've both just been through like these like really harrowing, quote unquote, operations. So how do, how do I activate it? Do I like eat it? It's kind of sharp. You take it and you shove it into your chest. Ugh. 
Nice. Says Power ain't out of the voice. <laughs> I need you to shove it way up there, Morty. <laughs> Hold on to this thing until we get back, okay? The safe word is anchovy. <laughs> While you guys are having this conversation, 5e, uh, you notice at the front of the computer that there is a, um, the hailing button is blinking. All right, I'll head up to the comm panel and um, open that. Crew of the second hand, welcome to the resort moons of Quinessa, where your home can do more than reside on a celestial body. It can be one. Please state your intent and reason for visit. I think it's at this point that Brandon will wake up. Uh, someone say a resort. <laughs> <laughs> I've been called. I've been, I had this strange dream of being ripped apart from something uh, through the murky blackness of space. Oh, Lordy Lord. Apology, friend Brandon. <laughs> 5e transmits back. Acknowledged, Quinessa Station. We are here for recreation. I am serving as a companion for the crew while they enjoy a vacation outing. And what is your destination? Um, I give him the general name of the district that we're headed toward. Uh, and I'm hoping that that will generally indicate, like, that we are, you know, well off enough that we're renting a house there. Hmm. Okay. Um, we have an invitation. Like, we? if we want to show... Yeah, like, mm -hmm. I had to RSVP. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, that's true. Yeah. I didn't catch yeah. that this was actually, like, a planned party. Yeah, I can... I can Murder party! Like, oh, five, five <laughs> here, send them the, uh... Send them the copy of the invitation. Okay. Well, I mean, this guy, the guy that sent you that invitation is not really on the up and up, though, right? What if, uh... We don't know how much of this region he controls. I could try to my way through this. Oh, no, we might alert the local authorities to that guy that we don't like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be terrible if they did our job for us. <laughs> okay, do you want to you send him that message, then? Yeah, I'll just re retransmit the invitation and, and, and say, I am not certain what this custom is all about. However, the sentients aboard the ship with me have asked me to convey this as explanation. You send the thing over. Uh, please wait while I have this verified. You know, a minute or so passes. Thank you for waiting. Um, uh, Lord Curtin wishes to verify with you directly. Uh, pending their permission, you will be allowed or disallowed to proceed on your stated course. What was that name? Lord Curden, was that what he said? Curden, Curden, K E R D A. Oh God, James Curden! No. Acknowledge Quinessa Station. We are standing by. Ivy, you recognize that name as the last name of the people you served. Gotcha. He's just like taking their identities. Probably. Hmm. So you hear a, a click as the computer transfers over. And then you hear a voice. I'm not familiar with the second hand. Who is this? And what business do you have with my family? 5e, this is the voice that you have heard in your dreams. The verse, the voice that you've heard in the past. The young Anasanoi that you were commissioned <gasps> to protect. The person you have been searching for all this time. And we'll see you in the next chapter. I was about to say, I'll bet it
to protect E. <laughs> when life drains you down, charge up on the Emergency Power Network. Theme song triangles by Diamond Ace. Find them at bandcamp.com. Music provided by Nicholas Judy of Dark Fantasy Studio at darkfantasystudio.com and Tabletop Audio. Find them at tabletopaudio.com as well as Carl Casey of White Bat Audio. Find them at whitebataudio.com. Font Azonix by Mixo. Find them on Twitter at MixoFX. The Starfinder role-playing game, including its official lore and images, are the intellectual property of Paizo Incorporated, all rights reserved. Narrated by Danny Lee Collins.